think I think you're here, Nick. <laughs> Okay, re recording in progress. Uh, here we go. Um, so good, good evening, Chair Thompson and the Sustainability Commissioners, uh, pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Sustainability Commission of today, March 9th, 2023, will be conducted telephonically and recorded through Zoom. Great, we can get started and call to order. So welcome everyone. Um, can we go ahead and do the roll call and yeah. Okay, uh, Chair Thompson. Here. Um, Commissioner Palmer. Here. Commissioner Wiltshire. Here. And Commissioner Stevenson. Here. And Commissioner Cooper, absent. Um, Commissioner Jalali is absent, and Commissioner Wiley is also absent. So there is four, so um, we do have a quorum. All right, um, so let's see, the first item on the agenda is public comments on items not on the agenda. Do we have any public comments? Um. I can read the dialogue, but there's nobody, there's no public here to, Yeah. but I'll read it anyways. Um, if you want to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, you can use the raise hand function in Zoom under the reactions button at the bottom of the screen, um, or you can press star nine if you're calling in. Uh, the public comment is limited to three minutes per speaker. That being said, are there any members of the public who would like to comment? I don't see any, Chair Thompson. Okay. Um, and then we have the next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes um, from the regular meeting on January 12th. So do we have a motion and a second to approve the minutes? So move. Um, I'll, I'll second that, but I do have a, 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 a I don't know if it's a correction or, uh, but I wanted to, have a statement about the minutes, if I could. Please. Uh, well, first of all, thank Nick for putting the minutes together. I think you did a very good job. Uh, and uh, secondly, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or I missed it, but I didn't see it in the minutes that under uh, public outreach uh, priorities for 2023, uh, I didn't see any mention of the building electrification outreach that needs to take place. So I think that that uh, certainly needs to be uh, on, on Lauren's list um, if it's if it's not already. And that's going to form the bulk of my uh, presentation tonight on the energy section. So with that, I'll uh, second the, uh, the, the motion to approve the minutes. Okay, good. Thank you, Mark. Um, motion carries. Um, well, we, we need to vote on it, I guess. Yeah, so let me go through. Um, so, Chair Thompson. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Commissioner Palmer. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Wiltshire. Yes. And Commissioner Stevenson. Yes. So, four yeas passes the motion. Great. Um, okay, and then uh, the next agenda item is our housekeeping and committee updates. And so, um, before we start in on that, and we don't um, I guess we don't have Melissa here as our city council li liaison update. One of the items 
that I was going to bring up and have her talk about was uh, something also Mark knows about and Ali knows about, which is the city council is trying to figure out how to reorganize the commissions so that there is, it's primarily an issue of reducing um, time that the staff has to spend on all the different commissions across Sausalito. So that's the headline. And um, underneath that headline is a whole bunch of appreciation by the city council on all the expertise we have here in Sausalito contributing to solutions and advancements and good things for the city. So there's not a intent to reduce that. It's more of a, how do we do this so that city staff isn't so overwhelmed and at the same time, there are strong comments about how the subcommittees who you know own the different pieces of the puzzle, how we advance things, can meet as often as they want to. They can go meet with people in the in the city whenever they want to or outside. So it's one of those things where the subcommittees have all kinds of room to pursue their objectives and their priorities and not you know take time on city staff, et cetera. So I just wanted to make that comment. I, I know Melissa would have had other other comments about that. I don't know the timing of when this recommended reorganization is happening. Ali, maybe you have, do you have more information on that? I don't know if you do. No, I don't. I don't have it, no. Okay. Uh, Greg, not to um, pig pile on this poor person. Is there a sustainability coordinator hired yet? Yeah, and that's that's the good news about this topic is it, it, despite the need to reduce, if you will, the number of commissions and the, the time they spend with, you know, staff is the fact that we are getting a sustainability and resilience person on staff who is, I believe, starting uh, the end of this month. Ali or maybe Mark, you know, or uh, when I when I listened in on the the city council meeting this week. Um, and I think Greg was there too. Uh, it, it was noted by the HR consultant that works for the city that there was a hire made. Her name is Katie Garcia. Nice. And she's supposed to start on March 28th in, in person in, with the city. So, yeah. So this is one of those key things that even though as a commission, uh, you know, we're supposed to to take less staff time. We actually now have, you know, somebody being hired on staff whose full-time role is sustainability and resilience. So we're going to have an opportunity to work very closely with that person and not uh, <laughs> not take so much of Ali's time. <laughs> and uh, uh, we will be collaborating with her when she gets started um, and I was going to mention too, Mark and I did take the priorities for 2023 across the subcommittees and um, aggregate those into a single presentation. We walked that through with Melissa as our as our liaison and as our mayor. We had a very good review with her. Our next step would be to take that and walk that through with the person who's going to take this role on um, sustainability role for staff. And Ali, hopefully with you there too, but depending on time and stuff, to make sure we have a very good, you know, first step at collaborating very closely with this new staff person. So that's going to be one of our next steps. Mark and I will be doing that. Mark had a question. Yeah. Go if ahead, I Mark. could uh, jump in there. Um, there was quite a discussion at city council about this and um, 
you know, it's a little bit up in the air right now, but uh, I think the Sustainability Commission was the only commission or board in the city that actually voluntarily reduced the scope of their meetings or one of the, one of the few uh, scale back from monthly uh, to, uh, for us, in our case, uh, every other month. Uh, but there was discussion and, and a proposal put forth to have boards and commissions meet on a quarterly basis. So uh, while we just got divided, put, put, you know, put in half the number of meetings per year, that uh, reduces it by another third. So uh, it, definitely scaling back on on uh, on our ability to, to meet as a as a full group. Uh, but as as Greg said, um, and as as Ian Sobieski, city council member said uh, most of the work gets done on the subcommittee level, which is if there's a minority of the um, task force or commission or board involved in a subcommittee, then they don't have to be bound by the uh, Brown Act uh, rules to, uh, for, for public meeting notices and, and, and disclosure. So as long as we keep that uh, those subcommittees to uh, you know three or, uh, or less, uh, then we can meet uh, ad hoc and, and uh, without noticing publicly and and carry out carry out our business. Uh, but uh, I, I think meeting quarterly will you know I, already meeting every other month seems like a long time, but quarterly really does spread it out. Uh, I just uh, don't that like I said that's not kind of written in stone yet. But um, uh, the other thing is we is that we may be you know reclassified uh, as a commission into a committee or a task force or something like that uh, in, in order to perhaps um, avoid conflict with the Brown Act. Uh, although in re I'm no lawyer, but in reading the Brown Act, uh, it does say that any ongoing committee uh, is subject to the, to the Brown Act, um, whereas if it has a limited scope to, to, and a deliverable and a date and a lim limited time frame, then, then it doesn't uh, uh, become subject to the Brown Act. So since we are ongoing, I, I, I'm quite sure uh, the Brown Act would require us to, to be in compliance uh, as a full co commission or committee or task force or whatever we want to call it. Kimry, your hands up. Go ahead. Yeah. So since we're not going to be meeting again until May, if it's appropriate, can we have a special meeting with um, Katie Garcia to get her up to speed, assuming that she's not going to be on total overwhelm? Yeah, that, that's that's our goal. Our intent is to have an initial meeting with her, with Mark and myself. To I, I want to walk her through what we have created as our um, master's you know presentation about our commission, who we are, what our role is, the, the expertise on it, our priorities for 2023. I want <clears throat> to sit down with her, go through it with her, get her input, have a good collaboration, and then we will figure out how it may be that she meets with each of the subcommittees separately. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to figure that out. But yes, we're going to we're going to be very tightly coordinated with this new staff person. Yeah. Um, OK. Um, that I think one of the other items to note is and I, I don't know if Melissa would have mentioned this, but there's clearly a budget shortfall with the city, <clears throat> which you guys may have heard about. It's, it's you know, multiple years now of 
that so anything we do at this i mean it's great we have this new staff person whose responsibility is all the things we want done so that's good news um and at the same time we have to make sure anything we're proposing is certainly not going to be a big budget hit so that's just another comment about the city council you know issues they're dealing with mm -hmm. um I guess we can move on then. If there's anything else, any other comments about this at the city level of things? Ali, do you have anything else you want to add? Or um, I think one of the big ticket items that the sustainability manager would be tackling, I think two items that were mentioned were the sea level rise. I think she would be heavily involved in that. And um, our planning director said that, that there's, a, there's a lot of BCDC permits that she would be handling too. Okay. So I don't know much about what that is, um, but she will have her hands full when she shows up on her first day. Yeah. 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 BCDC permits for the new housing elements? Um, maybe not necessarily just that, but um, I think anything along the waterfront that yeah. BCDC has, right. I guess there's permits and he's in doing them now and he's not all that comfortable and we'll pass that on to her. Poor woman. <laughs> Holly, do you do you want to see about when it makes sense for Mark and I and you to sit down with her after she starts? And it could be, you know, a few days after, right? Until she's settled in. Uh yeah. I'm hoping when she on her first day they introduce us her to staff and I can introduce myself and you know, um at least she'll have my contact and know that we're very interested in all of yeah. us sitting down and talking to her. Okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm sensitive to the fact that it'll, I want to do it when she's ready for it, you know? Yeah. Ready. yeah. Um, good. Okay. Um, okay, good. And then, all right. So we'll manage that going forward and um, make sure again, that we have a really good collaboration with this new staff person. Um, should we then move on? We can move on to the waste subcommittee update. So since our fearless leader isn't here, I will do uh, do my best. Uh, Nick, I went and um, updated the comments I had on the PowerPoint and sent it to Lauren earlier today. And I don't know if she passed it on to you or not. Should I just go ahead? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great, Kimberly. Okay, great. Um, so um, we did meet with Plastic Free Marin. And we talked about, Lauren just did such a great job about, well, you know, we have these programs and these ordinances already in Sausalito. So how would how would what Plastic Free Marin wants to do on a county level fit in with what we've already done in Sausalito? And we don't want to go and confuse the holy heck out of our business community by going, oh, and here's another initiative. And so their job, these two women that we met with, what their job was to take a look at uh, Sausalito's um, programs, initiatives, ordinances, and compare that to what they're trying to do on the county level with Plastic Free Marin. They knew that our next meeting was March 9th, and I checked with Lauren, and neither she or I have heard from them. So I guess that baby is on hold. Um, and let's see, any other updates? No, we've got the uh, the sustainability person. That's fabulous. And then, uh, Nick, do you want to talk about Doc Foam? 
I'm oh, actually, I mean, like, Cameron, I mean, like, you've, you had the meetings with, um, with Clipper. Do you want to report on that? Like the, the meetings you had well, with the Marinas? In a nutshell, all I got to say is just be walking your dog because this way you can start talking with people. So okay. uh, the short story on Clipper, what did you say, Nick? 700 slips, something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. right now their foam, um, their uh, doc thingies, whatever they're called, um, they are uh, foam uh, wrapped in plastic. Um, And according to Ken, who owns Clipper, they are going to, um, they're going to be replacing all of that um, very soon. I don't know how long 700 slips is going to take them. Uh, Ken also invited us to come on down anytime. He would love to show off all of the green things that they're doing at Clipper. Um, I think there's some questions about how green some of that stuff is. Um, I then, um, I talked with Bill, who's the Harbor Master at Schoonmacher. And <laughs> Bill is probably gonna be a great ambassador for whenever it is that we wanna move forward with a whatever around foam docks. And Bill said, so they've got um, concrete, hollow concrete, that they can then run utility wires and cables through that's made by Bellingham Marine, which big, big, big Marine company. Um, and he would be um, very happy anytime, any, you know, to talk with us about that and what they're doing. Another thing that I found quite interesting um, was that they put in uh, water meters um, because apparently at one point they had a, a a water leak of, what did he say, like 40,000 gallons or something like that. And um, and he said, yeah, we just we just put in uh, water leak detection. Uh, sounds like a really interesting company. Um, Nick has that information as well. So again, if we want to do anything around that, um, Bill would be our guy. He's he's very, he's a harbor master. So he's very personable and um great to talk with. And then last but not least, Nick, I haven't passed this on to you yet. Um, I talked with the Harbor Master at Modern Sailing. And uh, uh, again, a great guy. They also have the um, um, the concrete things, whatever they are. Um, he also confirmed, as everyone else has, and as Nick has, that the, the big baddie is Sausalito Yacht Harbor, which of course is the Yacht Harbor that has some of the fanciest boats um, at it. Um, so the modern sailing harbor master said that the, um, Nick, maybe you know this dock, the, the, the dock that goes out from the joinery, he said that's just foam foam city out there and it's breaking off all the time. And then he went on and on about the um, Coors Corporation Yard. And he said, that's the worst offender. And I looked at him and I said, that would be federal property. I'm not really sure what we could do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he was adamant that, that that is like the the worst. So that's my report on foam docs. Nick, do you have anything to add? No, I think the only one thing I would clarify on that too is just like you said it, but the Clipper Yacht Harbor, the floats that they're using are not the type of floats that are sloughing plastic into the bay because it's like encapsulated. Right. It's great right. that they're replacing those to something that's even better, but um, in terms of environmental impact, I think they're actually like lower in terms of 
priorities, but it's great that they're taking on the initiative themselves to, to up level. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if BCDC is coming after them or the Coastal Commission is coming after them um, because there's definitely some foam in the water there. Kim Marie, did you say that the federal property was the, the Corps of Engineers? Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the Army Corps. And I just I don't have a clue as to what we would do about that. Well we could have a conversation, I'm sure. We could. They've got a new. Um, uh, they've got a new um, head of the Army Corps down there, um, and I'm blanking on their name. Um, but yeah, that would also be something. Okay. Um, should we move on to also without our fearless leader? Uh, to outreach? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, okay. You're public so, outreach. Public outreach. Um, oh, wait a minute. We talked. No, wait a minute. Uh oh. Sorry. I'm having, I'm, oh, having issues. Um, so uh, once we, once our fearless leader um, emerges, and I guess she's just traveling like crazy, then we can talk about a possible reorganization of the webpage on the city's site. Um, we have, and only other thing is, uh, um, well, let's see here now. I'm speaking to the Sausalito Women's Club on World Water Day, if anybody wants to come on down um, in terms of outreach. And I guess the other thing with Whiskey Springs, there were a number of items under Whiskey Springs and the HOA is reviewing a pilot for EV chargers. Landscaping is in process to low water um, use plants. It's probably about 50% has been completed. I would love to see a leak detection analysis because I'm sure that we leak water like crazy. And um, uh, Greg Christie, I hope we're doing a little bit better in the recycling and composting uh, department. And um, there's still no bike storage. So those are the two reports. Yeah, on, on uh, outreach, one of the things we've been talking about too is um, having a consistent um, mention in currents about resources for sustainability for you know city residents and businesses. So it was, it was great to see in the recent currents, the section on Ride and Drive Clean and their program to help people get rebates and lower costs for EVs. And then there was a um, a newsletter I forwarded to Lauren that had, it's a, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a climate resource basically that had a lot of resources summarized. It's another example of something that we can just plug into currents with Abbott and have it available um, in currents as a, as a you know resource. So that, you know, my goal as I'm communicating this is, is just to say, okay, every current should have something in sustainability listed as a summary and a resource for people to go to, to take action if they, you know, if they want to. Greg, my understanding, or somebody mentioned it, that space is really limited in currents. Yeah. So it requires, um, I don't know, taking Abbott out to lunch at Sushi Run or something. I don't know. Um, to get, so how, how do we, how do we navigate that? It, yeah, I, good question. I think we would want Lauren's input on that because yeah. she has she yeah. has the most experience with this. Yeah. 
Gimri. Yes. Uh, what do you have a date for this the women's club? Yeah, uh, it's um, March twenty second, and because it's the women's club, it's like from ten a.m. to noon. So, which a lot of people obviously can't make. Um, I think it should be. I think I sent it to you, Mark. It should be in your inbox. Buried. I'm sure. Should I move on to the equity? Well, one one question about um, I know Earth Day is coming up next month. Uh, Brian um, from Parks and Recs wanted to just mention that he was going to do uh, kind of the same thing that he did last year and help out with Marin City. Um, I know he said Lauren participated. I know there wasn't um, a booth or anything, but if the Sustainability Commission wanted to get involved, um, to certainly reach out to him. So just putting it out there. Great. Okay, anything else on outreach? Um, equity, liaison, David. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say, I appreciate what David said the last time about equity should be woven into all of our subcommittee work. Do we need a separate subcommittee? Oops, was that an no. impossible question? <laughs> Sorry. I think the, you know, it's interesting the, you know, having equity be woven into each subcommittee means that each subcommittee is gonna address it each time or not every time, but you know, when it's, a, when it's appropriate. Uh, rather than having it be a separate thing. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, think it should be part of what we all consider. You know, an example was we, when we were going through the energy subcommittee, you know, list of, of priority locations for a resilience center, we, we, we chose the MLK, the Bayside MLK school for that very reason, to make sure we could include all of 94965. That's great. So that's an example. Just saying, yeah. Yeah, I even think I'm like the doc foam. There's an equity component there that we need to address as well. So that's okay. also something we need to consider. Good. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Marin County. Uh, let's see. There's the ongoing um, new nonprofit that I've talked about called Marin Can. I participate in those board meetings. There was one yesterday. They are not at a point yet where there are specific programs or structures or ways that they can help us. So they're still organizing and setting things up. And um, so um, that's where that's where that is. The, the goal, of course, as I mentioned every time, is we want to connect in, collaborate, provide input to, and benefit from county you know, initiatives this being a key one, the nonprofit. There's also a, um, you know, work with MCE. And by the way, MCE presented to the city council um, on their programs and their solutions and their, you know, everything they do that benefits us in terms of clean energy and costs and resilience um, and subsidizing EV chargers and everything. So Sebastian Kahn from MCE, who we know very well, 
uh, did a great presentation to the city council. And with, you know, Janelle and Melissa on the city council, we have a lot of support for, for all this. So that was a, a, a nice, if you will, um, moment of <laughs> connecting MCE and the city council. And Janelle Kelman, former mayor on the city council, is on the MCE uh, board of advisors. So we have more connections with MCE, I think, now than we've had in the past. And that's all good. And we'll continue to work with them on um, our priorities, like getting these chargers subsidized. Um, anyway, so that, and then there's also a, a microgrid coalition that's ad hoc, but part of, the, of a county initiative that I've been introduced to by MCE. So I'll join that as well and see uh, if that's gonna help us. Um, I think that's kind of it on the county stuff. Anything, Mark? You, yeah. Yeah, I just want to chime in on on the city council meeting where Sebastian uh, presented from MCE. Um, I, I highly recommend everybody uh, uh, either go back and watch the video, but even faster and easier is on the city council agenda. There's a PDF link to his presentation slides, and you can zip through those pretty quickly. But you know his presentation is about 20 minutes in front of city council, so. Uh, I thought it was really good, and uh, I, I'd recommend everybody uh, check that out. Yeah, it's excellent. That was the, this last Tuesday uh, city council meeting. Good. All right. Um, sea level rise task force. So that continues to meet. There's money for the city. Um, I don't have specifics on it. And it'll be really actually good when the new person is on board who, who can um, help with the implementation of things when that starts to happen, obviously. But that's gonna be a big, a big item. Um, there's also, let's see, separately from the sea level rise task force, I guess I'll have to wait until we get through the, the rest of these and then I'll bring it up. So um, next would be water. Yeah, our water experts. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll 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 see about that. Sorry, I guess sorry about all the rain in terms of the expert. <laughs> um, so actually, I'm going to ask. I think instead of going through all the things that we that are on the list, which are um, quite a few, can I just throw out a couple of questions to you guys? Yeah. Okay. So two questions. First is. Um, Friends of Willow Creek uh, presented in front of the city council on daylighting uh, the part of Willow Creek that goes through the Nevada Street campus. Uh, great support from Ian, Janelle, and Melissa. Um, so that's $3 million there. It's just a really interesting project in terms of thinking about, you know, like sort of overall sustainability and what does overall sustainability look like in Sausalito. Um, the guy who is heads up, it's all volunteer group, who heads up Friends of Willow Creek is former vice chair of the State Water uh, Control Board and lives here in Sausalito. Do we want to hear from him? Yes, no, yes, no. Sure, I, yeah. I mean, I can ask him he's, if he can talk at our next meeting. Sure. And he can also sort of talk about what 
what David and I were talking, touching on the last time about some kind of asset analysis that looks at these perennial streams, creeks that we have in Sausalito that are all underground, um, but are incredible sources of water and were in fact uh, historically the source of the city's, uh, city's water. Yeah. Okay, I will ask Steve Moore then. And um, my next question is, we had talked about um, looking at um, sustainable water use and conservation becoming part of the city, city's building codes. Is there a permit trigger? Is new construction, gray water, rainwater catchment? I This is so far out of my uh, area of expertise. Um, Mark, is this something that you can address? Uh, sure. The, the California Building Code, which we're all subject to, has uh, pretty good um, requirements for new construction. Uh, okay, new uh, construction. For uh, stormwater um, uh, and, and other types of water conservation. Uh, I, I don't have it all on the tip of my tongue right now, but I'd be glad to make a little outline or send you some information on what, what's actually required now. So uh, Mark, we don't have a lot of new construction uh, in, in Sausalito uh, in terms of residences. Is there anything that applies to um, remodeling? Uh, let, me, let me look into that. Um, since the new building code uh, just went into effect for the next uh, okay. um, I've got some catching up to do and I've been spending most of my time uh, focus on energy rather than water but there's a lot of water stuff in there I, I know and then i guess the last question does does this um do these new building codes um cover um city properties yes right okay i think that concludes the water subcommittee's report thank you great thank you yeah there's uh maybe something with the you know our new sustainability and resilience person and water and <laughs> the opportunity for gray water for homes and stuff and i don't know we'll you know we'll we'll keep going after this to see what makes sense obviously the state needs to figure it out so um there's got to be some other areas where we can you know leverage or adopt and and do something with it. So, um, all right, good. Um, great, great, great questions. I'm sorry for Steve Moore, the um, Sausalito resident, friends, yeah. um, Willow Creek, because he knows that stuff in spades. Oh, great. Okay, good. Okay. Um, then moving on to energy and Mark, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, let me share my screen if I can. Do you need permission? Nope, you got it. I think I got it. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so um, this is all about outreach, but I thought I'd start with this slide um, in, in, in terms of the reach codes that were being considered that uh, 95 municipalities uh, as of last month, uh, as of January have passed implemented building electrification policies and about 22% of American residences live in an area that are covered by codes that either require or encourage building electrification. And that does include uh, the cities of San Rafael, 
San Anselmo, Fairfax, and all of unincorporated Marin County. So we, we have some uh, examples of uh, our neighbors who have uh, already completed this, and uh, this is the direction that we, we intend to go. Uh, so in terms of a little background, um, the City Council did adopt in December the 22 uh, building codes with a placeholder chapter in the Municipal Code for Cal Green with the intent to adopt reach codes during the first quarter of 2023. Uh, here we are um, almost done with the first quarter. So uh, obviously um, we, we were a little bit behind the intended schedule, but uh, we, we do need to get going. Uh, City Council recognized the need for public outreach and education on building electrification before proceeding. And uh, they, they charged uh, the commission and city staff to engage with the public through various channels. Uh, they also want, uh, very importantly, want us to track engagements with the public and to report back to the city council on, on our outreach efforts. Uh, I did a little research on what effective outreach program looks like. And uh, first of all, on the top of the list is social media. Uh, next, town hall meetings, uh, email newsletters, uh, surveys and polls. We kind of decided <laughs> we're probably not going to go that direction. Uh, we do want to collaborate with advocacy groups and and get as much media coverage as we can. Um, and then certainly our website should be a, a focus for informational re resources and and that we need to, to uh, uh, steer people in that direction. Uh, just talking about social media, uh, the, the, there's a couple of different pages on Facebook. Uh, one is the official pa uh, Facebook page of the city. and if you look at some of the posts, it looks like it's all, you know, by the city and for the city. It's not really other people posting uh, on behalf of the city that I can find. Uh, there's another uh, Facebook page called that's called an unofficial page of the city of Sausalito Dash City Hall, and that uh, does have posts by like the Park and Recreation Commission or, or Park and Recreation Department. And uh, our mayor, uh, Melissa Blaustein, posts on this Facebook page. And I, I have some questions regarding our ability to, to chime in and, and how, how we might uh, get involved in, in being able to do outreach on, on Facebook. And I don't know, we haven't really tackled that yet, but I think it's a, you know, e each one of these, um, Oh, I thought it said the number of followers. I, I think they have over a thousand followers on each one. Um, so that's a, one way to, to get the message out. Uh, I, I put together a couple of posts that I didn't post yet, but I just do as an example on the City Hall website of things that we could be uh, distributing. These two are articles from the Washington Post that uh, I thought would be typical examples of the type of things that we could start posting about. Um, also, um, uh, the city does have a Twitter account, and I, I put together a prospective post uh, of at City of Sausalito about uh, energy bill discounts and how MCE can help lower your bill. Again, I didn't post anything because I, I just don't know what the city, what the protocol, proper protocol, and, and if we need permission to, to do this kind of thing as, as a commission. Uh, but uh, starting at that top of that list on social media, you know, I can certainly develop content. 
that, uh, and I'm assuming that it's the city hall account we'd want to target. Um, but we, I do have some questions about who will actually do the posting. Uh, can we post links to articles in mass media like the Washington Post? I know that if you don't have an account, I think they'll let you view one article before they ask you to uh, put your email in for, uh, to, for, to read more articles for free without actually uh, having an account. Um, can we, another idea would be to establish a social media account for the commission so that uh, it's not Mark Palmer that's posting, but it's the Sausalito Sustainability Commission that's posting on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, how do we track the engagements and likes and forwards, et cetera, on, on, on uh, social media? So these are all questions that I don't know the answer to, but perhaps Lauren or Abbott or whoever does communications and outreach for the city could, could help uh, answer these questions. And I'll, I'll forward this presentation to Kimberly and Nick and, and Lauren so that they'll have these questions that need, need some responses and some thinking about uh, secondly, uh, town hall meetings, uh, uh, how do we arrange and organize uh, in person or live? How many, who will participate? How do we keep track of the number of citizens? Uh, I think this is important. I think we should have at least one town hall meeting uh, or some kind where we um, invite the public in person or on Zoom to, to um, uh, listen to the uh, proposals we have around electrification. Uh, number three is the email newsletters. Uh, we, we've discussed this already, but you know, having regular updates to a subscriber list, I can certainly develop the content, which would be similar to the content that's being delivered on the other channels. But who's going to, I guess Lauren is our communicator with Abbott. Uh, how do we ensure regular postings and how to, again, how to keep track of the number of recipients? I guess there's an email list that the city maintains that would give us a number there. Um, collaboration with advocacy groups, you know, we, we've talked about a number of these uh, groups and there are more than this list, but again, who's going to organize, who will participate, how many events, how do we track contacts. Um, and then uh, the last one uh, that I'm detailing here is uh, about our website. We do have an existing website and again, um, you know, there's a lot of information there already on electrification, which is great. I can provide additional content if necessary, but again, how do we drive traffic to the website? Uh, I think through all these other channels, on Facebook or Twitter or the or Sausalito uh, Currents, to to have people go to more in-depth information that that is on our website. And again, uh, is it possible to track engagement? Uh, does the city have any mechanism for tracking uh, a number of engagements with our website? So we can uh, let city council know exactly how many people are tapping into this type of information. Uh, as an example, on our website, we do have this whole page on how to electrify your, your home. And there's nine additional bullets after the first two that are listed there. I'm not gonna develop the whole thing for you, but uh, you can see it for yourself. Uh, in terms of uh, electrification acceleration or accelerators, uh, I was just recently introduced to this uh, organization called Quit Carbon, who uh, will, will be, give free personalized plans uh, to homeowners to, uh, for electrification and connect you with vetted contractors. So I think that's things like this, and I know that Greg has uh, mentioned these type of accelerator um, 
startups that are, are forming and, and gaining a lot of popularity around electrification. I think we need to be able to, to promote that. But my big question is, how do we get started? You know, I'm not a outreach specialist, but I did a little research and started putting the outline together and I can provide content, but I, I really need to lean on uh, YouTube plus uh, Lauren to really start getting the word out because uh, again, we're sort of behind schedule for quarter one. And you know, I, I hate to see this drag out uh, through the end of quarter two with, without anything being adopted yet. Um, you know, a lot of the other communities that uh, have taken action in Marin County um, you know, did public outreach, especially the count on the county level um, uh, throughout the last year. And I know that we didn't do that specifically for Sausalito yet, but we really do need to, to, to get on the, on the bandwagon there. So there are a lot of questions in here. And I, again, I'll forward these questions on to the, the committee so that we can, we can start developing a, an actual plan and, and get some of those questions answered. I'm happy to, to hear from the rest of you and uh, or answer any questions you may have. Great, Mark, thank you. Uh, Kimry, your, your hand's up. <laughs> Mark, that's a comprehensive list, thank you. We do a lot of communications work um, here at my NGO. You're talking about an enormous amount of work and you know the county has the full-time communications people uh, as one example, and we don't have any besides Abbott, and he's also got a library to run. I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering if we want to think about highlighting one topic or area, like a quarter, something like that. Um, uh, obviously, we need to get Lauren's input on this, but you know, that we would do a couple of things one uh, every quarter, um, you know, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, uh, anyway, it's, it's an enormous amount of work that you outlined. So I think we're going to have to sort of focus down on it and really prioritize. Sure. And I, I, I laid out the whole width and breadth of what could be done mm -hmm. and up to, up to the outreach folks to determine what's possible and probable and, and achievable. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to offer a little pushback about doing something once a quarter because we really need to, to get moving on, on this in a timely fashion. And, you know, I, if, if occurrence is once a week, you know, we really need to do, I agree with Greg, get, get a little blurb in there of some type uh, every, every time it comes out. And I have a whole list of, uh, of resources that that could be uh, linked in in a little blurb in in, in currents and you know I have them all stacked up and ready to go for uh, for getting getting the word out but you know uh, I, I I'll leave it up up to you folks to discuss how you know you might want to proceed I know a town hall meeting takes time and effort um, all these things do for sure it's a, it's a, it is a big list but we do need to prioritize but I just wanted to lay out the, the breadth of, of what's what's possible and let you determine what what can actually happen in the short term. Yeah, I wasn't talking about doing communications work just once every quarter. I was thinking like picking a topic, you know, if it's electrification or if it's reuse um, or whatever. Um, and, and that's just one way. But we need our fuel back and 
to talk with about this. Agreed. And I, yeah, yeah thank, thank you for the uh, explanation on the quarterly thing. I, I think that's a good idea is if we pick a topic to focus on for a quarter and, you know, every week during that quarter, we can hammer on it. Uh, mm -hmm. or have, have a new Facebook post every week or, uh, or, or Sausalito currents every week. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully we can get on board with that. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. And, and because electrification, the ordinance is, you know, the priority in terms of the city council and us doing outreach, that seems like that would be the first topic we would take on. Is that right, Mark? Could, could you repeat that, please? Yeah, I was saying that um, because of the electrification ordinance is the priority for outreach for us with the city council, would electrification be the first priority for this? Well, I, I would think so. You know, yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I've been working on this for a couple of years now, and I really want to see it get um, adopted uh, in whatever form the city council sees fit. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to move forward until they have some evidence that we've actually engaged with the community and have communicated our, our, our plan. Uh, so, uh, and, and in that regard, you know, uh, I think we should focus on new construction. I think the, the remodeling, how, however little of it there actually is that would have to comply with the proposed remodeling ordinance, I think that it still would present a psychological hurdle for most people in, in Sausalito that, that own homes and have some remodeling in mind. So I, I do want to focus on the new construction, uh, electrification for buildings and the advanced EV infrastructure uh, reach code, as well as uh, CalGreen, which we've got CalGreen uh, uh, tier one that we've talked about before. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to to make electrification the, the first subject that we go after in this outreach because of this. And one of the most important things we can do here is make sure with this electrification ordinance that the 720 some new properties that are you know added to Sausalito based on the, the state requirement are all electric without gas. I think that's critical for us to achieve. So this is one, this is the you know, this the step to help us get there is do the outreach on electrification, then the city council formally approves the ordinance, and then we don't. And then we've accomplished that. You know, one little aside, I did a very brief demographic study of, of Sausalito. And, and you know, we, we all know that there's about 11,000 uh, people and maybe 7,000 residences, uh, about half of which, half of the residences are owner-occupied and the other half are rental residences. And so the, roughly, you know, uh, a couple thousand uh, owner-occupied homes and, and a couple thousand rental-occupied homes in Sausalito. So, you know, it's actually it's a pretty small um, target, but, you know, obviously it's our, our, our target audience. We need to, to respond to them. Nick, did you have something to say? Uh, just like the one thing I'm wondering about, because just because I don't understand the Brown Act, though, is like Mark, a lot of this, it seems as if it would require some support from like the outreach, like uh, subcommittee. And um, I'm just wondering, like, tactically, like how we can work together 
like um, outside of these meetings to like help you with these initiatives? Sure, I think as long as uh, three of us or less meet together, uh, there's no problem with with uh, compliance with the Brown Act. So does it? Do you think it would just make sense to be on like some sort of cadence of meeting with like you and a couple of members of the subcommittee? Sure. Yeah, I, I'd love to set up a, a regular get together so we can compare notes and keep keep the momentum going. Good idea. Great. Yeah. Good. Okay, anything else on uh, energy? All right. Um, on transportation, I'm hoping that Ali, you'll have some update on the chargers. <laughs> um, yeah, I can share my screen and I can kind of tell you kind of where we are with each of uh, the projects. Let me see if I can share. Uh, if you can see my yeah. screen, yeah. Uh, so this is the B of A building. Um, we have, I guess, recently purchased this and our understanding, um, even before I got here, was that these four were going to be EV charging. So since we have purchased it and since there's a new project manager um, for the Center of, the Center of Arts, um, that person was hesitant of putting the EV charging right in front of their building. Um, they were suggesting to put them along here, you know, to use up the public space and leave the this for the center of arts. Um, and in doing an analysis, we figured out like these, I mean, at least one of them has to be ADA compliant. Right. One, and these grades just don't work for that. Um, so we kind of have a, a we kind of ran into a snag there. Um, the I guess the property manager also doesn't want to be metered, doesn't want the EV charge to be metered from the building. Um, so we've worked with DC Electric to um, you know fill out an application to get a submeter um, for this building so we can um, put the EV chargers against that. So that's the hiccup for B of A. Um, is this, other... Let me ask you, uh, can I ask ahead. a question on sure. that? Yeah. yeah. Do you mind going back to the B of A Center for the Arts? Um, is there a possibility to do one charger right there right here. as the ADA? And then three chargers, yeah. And put the three chargers here. Yeah. That would be a yeah, negotiation. I'm, I'm, that would be a I negotiation. You, I know tactic. you don't have the answer. I'm yeah. just I'm kind of asking out loud to say, could we propose that and you know solve it? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good negotiation tactic if we could at least get one, um, because you can almost even use this as the ADA spot. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And that's their accessible aisle right there. Yeah. Um, you said that the, the project manager didn't want them on the side there? Yeah. 
and is that and I think it was I think it was a visual or it was an aesthetic look that wasn't pleasing and she didn't want them here and I don't know how much pull she had she was kind of negotiating this with our real estate manager um who's no longer at the city but they were in serious negotiations with that and that was a kind of a sticking point so I don't know where that left off and I kind of just let this lie because we were I was really trying to focus on the city hall project um more than this one and we're also waiting for the sub meter as well it's hard okay. to imagine that be an aesthetic uh argument against uh having a ev charger on the wall yeah yeah i know i i it was yeah it was a curveball that i wasn't expecting i for all all of my knowledge, it was going to be here. I mean, they have the perfect spot. I mean, you kind of have, you can put, there's room for to put your pedestals right here. You still have your, well, I see. yeah, it's all flat. Yeah. I mean, everything would work out, but, you know. So well, if there's a sub, if there's a follow on conversation about this with the manager, if you want to include me, I'd be happy to join. Okay. Okay. Because I this this is an important location for us to have chargers, and so we've just got to figure it out. Okay, it's fine if it's you know Plan C based on back and forth, but we've just got to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then the second one was Dunphy Park. Um, so Dunphy Park, uh, we were trying to put. The idea was to put fast chargers right along here and we we're going to take the we're, we were going to pull the power from this power pole so it would have worked out perfectly and people would have would be driving down bridgeway and they would see fast chargers and it would be an easy stop nice um so the the hiccup that we have here now is that actually galilee has some rights to these parking spots um you can't see that but if you look Let's see if I bring it up. There's a time restriction that um, Galilee has rights to those spots. Um, here, let's see if I can. So from, from 6 p.m. to 9 a.m., Galilee has the rights to use that spot. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily terrible, um, but I've I've called Galilee to want to see if they would be willing to switch out, you know, these four or five spots here to maybe these four or five spots here. Um, we haven't gone into the analysis to figure out whether we can even put EV charging here if Galilee holds tight on their, you know, wants to stay there. Um, because this is a bioswale, and I don't know where the pedestals would go if we'd have to narrow this drive aisle. Like it gets a little bit complicated. Um, so that's the small snag that we have at Dunphy. Any questions on Dunphy? Uh, I, so I guess we can hope that the Galilee will say okay to that is what we're hoping we're hoping that galilee says yeah we'll trade you these spots for these spots yeah yeah, yeah. okay that would be the easy solution got it yeah okay no 
So, um, Ali, I assume that a lot of people at Galilee Harbor are still totally ticked off at the city for putting in the new updated Dumphy Park and all of the parking and everything else. So you might be a keep just keep that in mind and you might want to take some political muscle with you and come bearing gifts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I've called once and I haven't heard back, so I kind of let it, well, I kind of left, let it be only because Dunphy or the, um, city hall was the one that I, I was really focusing on. Yeah. Cause I think we're closest on that. I mean, it's the easiest. I think it'll probably be used maybe the most, um, because people get in and out of the library. Um, and we were going to probably put, so here would be your four chart, your four, um, or five EV chargers here. Um, there's an accessible spot here that they would be able to go in and out um, of City Hall. Um, so I, I think I promised you guys on the, or I said that in the last meeting that I was going to prepare a memo um, regarding how much it's going to cost or how much we're going to charge um, uh, or how much the charge would be for the home, for the, the, um, the person charging. Um, so our calculation was that it would be 39 cents a kilowatt hour, which was right in line with other charging stations in Sausalito. And here are those prices. Okay. Um, so, so, so right in time, right in time when I created this um, spreadsheet, uh, you know, this memo and calculated this out. Um, and option two came along, which was, uh, which is a local company, EV charging company called Integrative Charging, um, which suggested that they would cover um, the initial costs, permitting, construction, purchasing, um, permitting, all of that, um, the, all of the front end costs. So the city wouldn't have to because they know that we're in a deficit. Um, and that they would receive, you know, seventy percent of um, the profits. They would receive the LCFS credits, um, and they would be in charge of pricing. Um, I think they call it dynamic pricing. So they would be um, uh, analyzing the peak and off-peak, and you know, varying the the charge um, so that the city and they would make money. Um, so this memo is basically that um, giving the I guess we're sending this out to um, Chris Zapata, um, the city manager, on which direction um, he'd want to go. I don't know if he will punt this over to city council to make a decision um, regarding whether we have um, a private Sausalito um, company um, pay the upfront cost or does the city take it on and does it have you know roughly the $40,000 or so um, of upfront money to place the chargers and then maintain it ourselves. Ali, do they, does this company come with references uh, and recommendations from other municipalities? Um, I think they're doing something in Palo Alto. I don't know if they've done any with a city agency. Um, mm -hmm. Greg, do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so um, I don't have an answer to that question, which is a good one. Yeah. Um, I know the person who is this company is is run by and started by. Um, I did have a um, 
comment on this when there was a separate discussion about it with uh, Janelle and Melissa, which was, you know, EV charging infrastructure is important. It's new and it's complicated and it would be totally fine. It's common in the solar industry to have solar systems financed and operated and managed and maintained by a third party. And then you as an entity, whether you're a building owner or a municipal or whatever, you benefit from that. Um, and because you don't have to, you don't have to finance anything. You don't have to have cash for it. You don't have to operate it, understand it, maintain it. You're just basically paying someone else as part of your energy savings in that case to handle it for you. And I think that makes a lot of sense for municipalities, especially with us with low, you know, low budget and you know, not a lot of staff time and not the expertise. And so my input was that this makes sense. Um, it would be a 10-year contract. And after 10 years, we can go another route if we need to as a city. Um, because again, we want to take the step to get the chargers installed and operating. And we don't want to have to worry about maintaining them and figuring out what's the rate for the chargers and doing dynamic charging is good because that's how the grid operates. We want people to charge during the day when the rates are lower and not so much in the evenings um, for a lot of reasons and on and on. So it's really good to have a separate company owning, operating, maintaining, managing these systems for the city for all those reasons. But I don't, I don't have references for this particular one. I don't know that. No. Could I ask a couple of very ignorant questions? Because I know just enough about EV charges. I don't even know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> um, so I remember back last year when I first started that I think, Greg, you and Mark referred to Sausalito as an EV charger desert. <laughs> and it seems like there's like private company. I mean, because I have friends here in Whiskey Springs who have electric vehicles. And it seems like there's a lot of private companies that are sort of springing up. So that's one question. And then the second question I have is, I also vaguely remember, and again, this is just like vague, um, that one of the issues about moving forward was that the technology was changing so quickly that it was hard to know what technology to go with. So those are my two ignorant questions. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm uh, sorry, what was the first actual question about the first comment? Uh, are there a lot of private companies? Are are we still a um, EV charging uh, desert? Oh, and yeah. are there a lot of private companies that are coming in already? There is, yeah. So MCE, the uh, charging person, staff person at MCE is the one who said we are an EV charging desert. Ah, okay. <laughs> and rightfully so. We have zero EV chargers in public lots in Sausalito. In public lots. Okay. So that's yeah. not like behind avatars correct yeah okay this is the case where as a commission we worked hard to try to identify what made sense in terms of putting charges in the public lots so that people who visit here and residents can charge when they're out and about and doing things in the city mm -hmm. um obviously you know you you everyone here knows there's a lot of evs in sausalito from the residents and they typically charge at home um, but okay. we certainly we certainly want people to be able to visit here or go and go do activities here if they are, um, you know, living here and be able to charge at locations. Um, 
So we picked these three locations on, on for that purpose to cover the use case of residents and locals, but also the visitors. You know, I'm glad that a lot of people are charging from home, but we also need to keep in mind renters who yep. don't have that option. And, you know, Whiskey Springs is a great example. Yep. Lots of homeowners, lots of renters, and we got nothing here except for the yep. case behind avatars. And, and and equity being something we want in, yes. you know, included in every of our, of our initiatives, yes, we need chargers in locations for renters to be able to do that. So, um so that's that topic. And so we really, really want these chargers to get going. The technology is going to evolve and continue to evolve, but it's all been here for many, many, for a long time. Oh, you, okay. you go to San Rafael or San Anselmo, they've got dozens of chargers installed in their public lots, and they've had them there for a while. We're way behind. Okay. Okay. So there's there's nothing holding us back from putting in what we've defined as the level two chargers and fast chargers, just what Ali just laid out. Okay, great, thank you. Yep. Now I do know just enough to be slightly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just to add that uh, yesterday I uh, went on a tour of a, a new city office building in, in San Francisco with my former colleagues. And uh, there's over 50 charging stations in the parking garage in one building. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, very, very uh, mainstream these days. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. It's mainstream. We're the desert still. <laughs> uh, um, okay, good. So, Ali, I, I, you know, if there's anything we can do to help, obviously, I mean, I'll be the, I'll be the point person on any of this, whatever we can do. Yeah, no, and I think we're really, really close. I just think how we're going to pay for it, tell us one way or another. And I think inner ties been in my ear. Um, they're ready to get. They're ready to get going. They said they have it in their shop right across from Whiskey Springs, so they could get it to okay. us right away. It's just what are we doing? So yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it's also you know fun to know that you know. The local company Intertie in the Marin ship is our is the installers and operators and potentially um, in the integrative EV charging company. It's just local, could be the finance yeah. organization for it. So that that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for all of that, Ollie. That's just, oh sure. I mean, and I know how much it's taking your time. And I, you know, obviously we thank you for that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> It'll be very exciting. We'll have a ribbon cutting ceremony and smash champagne bottles again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right on. We'll put right a on. and we'll put a big hat on Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Right. Be fun. And great, great copy for the uh, Currents newsletter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, on that, it was great that we had the EV, as I mentioned, in Currents. We had the Ride and Drive Clean Organization, which is Marin County based, and we know them, and they do a lot for this. So they were in Currents, and the more we can do with them, the better. Um, and we'll just keep on that. Okay. Um, and then the other item on transportation is. I'll be reaching out to people like Integrative and Intertie on more chargers at the private lots that make sense like 
molly stones, fish, why don't we have them there? And so that's just another um, initiative to, to work, work on that I'll be doing. Do you know why Molly's took their charger out? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like one, you know, it was there for a long time and then it disappeared. Yeah. They should have four or five chargers there. Four or five yep. chargers, exactly. Yep. yep. So I think there's some progress on that. I don't have details yet, but I'm I'll be talking to Intertine Integrative about that. Um we, you know, we we want Sausalito to take that step forward to be a good charging location rather than the desert. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Um, okay, so the other liaison item here, which we can add to the agenda next time, is this Blue Economy Task Force and initiative that I'm involved in. Hey, hey. This was, is, you know, Kimberly. So Janelle set this up. And we are establishing a organization here in Sausalito to provide an ecosystem and an accelerator for blue economy innovations, technologies, et cetera. Um, and so that is basically blue economy, if you don't know, is climate solutions based on ocean health um, and including things like the impacts of sea level rise. So there's a lot of, of a lot of work on this. Um, the name of this organization we've just decided is is going to be Sea Futures. No, SEA, of course. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so we re we've reserved that name and that uh, um, URL as a .org, um, and it literally is going to be how do we take the marine ship for all the things that it it, it is and was and all the benefits it provides in terms of infrastructure and services and resources and leverage that to grow an ecosystem and accelerate solutions for the blue economy. And that includes, you know, more revenue for the city too. That's a piece of that puzzle. So um, we can, I just, we can just call that the, the blue economy liaison uh, in our agenda. And um, I am actively working on that. So I, I'll be continuing to uh, help us establish that. Great. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. I think we are through with the um, housekeeping committee updates, so we can move on to business items. Um, future business items. Do we have any future business items? Um, I think um, inviting Steve Moore with Friends of Willow Creek to the March, uh, March, May 11th meeting. That was the first thing I thought of. Um, and obviously, hopefully, um, fearless leader Lauren will be back and we'll be able to spend a little bit more time on outreach and communications. Great. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, Greg, as you know, this is something that I've just been annoying about. <laughs> we formally change the waste subcommittee to the waste reuse subcommittee? Yes. <laughs> okay. It we, don't makes... to, we don't have to vote on that, do we? <laughs> God, I hope No, not. I'm changing it already. Reuse. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Ollie. Yeah, Ollie's got the power. Waste and reuse, is that the name? 
Uh, yeah, waste and reuse. I mean, I wanted to dump waste all together, but Lauren oh. said we couldn't do that. Okay, waste and reuse. Yeah. Okay. And Greg, I don't know. Does that does that work for you? Waste and reuse. I'm good with it if you're asking me. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, I don't have, I don't have an opinion. You can <laughs> if, if I have waste, you can get we can waste waste. That's fine with me. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we can sort of ease into it and um, you know, we could eventually move to reuse and recycle or something exciting like that. Yeah. I just hate the word waste. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Any anymore, it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense yeah. okay Plus it's zero waste zero waste would be good but i think that might freak some people out <laughs> I, I i personally like that yeah reuse and recycle would be a great name mm -hmm. and focus for this you know subcommittee so you know if it's okay so when i raised this with lauren she said you know we've got this very close working relationship with chris and bay cities and i she said, I, I don't want to, I don't want Greg to not like this. So. Mr. Christie gets to decide. <laughs> um, you can lose, you can lose waste. I'm fine with that. I mean, however you, however you want to frame it. I mean, anymore, it's just, it's just not a good, you know, a good, a good thing to have in your, it just oh. means too much thing. Yeah. Wait, waste is basically, well, you know. What about like waste reduction subcommittee? Because then it's like that's incorporating composting, recycling, mm. upcycling. Mm. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the word we're waste. taking like a negative connotation and making a positive thing. I um, know. I just hate the word waste. Just think it's it, it's it's iterative, Nick. Reuse and recycle. Then I feel like we also got to throw in compost. Uh, wouldn't that be reuse? Compost is recycling. It's not quite recycling. It's like it's like a lower order. If you look at the hierarchy from e plant, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like no, no, I, I understand it's different. <laughs> we are recycling the nutrients. I, I think it's reuse myself, but you know, that's is it true the the number I heard or read or whatever that's like only 10% of plastic actually gets recycled? Is that right? That's yeah. Oh my goodness. It might even actually be less than 10%. But. And so much of it ends up in the, you know, the one in that bay. In the bay and the ocean. It's like, it's so frustrating. Anyway. You know, but, you know, that's hard. That's hard to, it's, just, it's hard to fathom because there's just so much in the recycling bins. There's yeah. so much plastic in the recycling bins. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That tells you how much is out there. Yeah. God. Greg, do you have any idea about, I'm sorry, Greg Christie, do you have any idea about where we're at in Sausalito in terms of the number of tons of composting that we're doing as compared to other communities? Is it super low? Oh. Is it okay? No, we're, we're good. We're, we're doing good. And the commercial is doing composting? good too. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, you, you don't know the numbers off now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I knew the numbers, but I don't have, I can't remember them right now, That's but the, fine. It, it's probably um, that, you know, it's probably almost, it's not quite well it might be 50 it might be like 50 50 you know garbage and, and compost it, it, so the the truck there's one truck that goes out picking up compost five days a week right and, and yard waste so you know it's probably it's it's he's he, he's picking up more than the garbage trucks do so he picks up more he picks up more i mean you know he'll come in 
eight to 10 tons on a Friday. And the, and the garbage trucks are probably only total. Well, what the commercial truck picks up more, but um, as far as the residential part of it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'll get the numbers for you. Look where we're at. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. It might be a good outreach thing too, just like tell the city what we're doing. Yeah, you know, what a great yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, we, we we did that at the beginning there and you kind of forget about it as you go along. But yeah, I, I'll make another note on that. Okay, it's a good idea. Yeah, especially if you're already doing stuff in your own newsletter, um, maybe we can steal an article or something and put it into the currents or, you know. Yeah, we try to we try to share with um, Abbott as much as possible. So we'll do that. And while we're on uh, this topic, uh, Greg, do you do you can you chime in on our efforts to deal with construction and demolition waste? Um, well, I think we had we, we had a conversation about that too with Ali and and um, I can't remember the name of that one group now. All of a sudden, um, R three construct. R3, uh, R3 but then there was that one software tracking program that Green, we green Halo. Green Halo. Yeah, Green Halo. But we, we, we do a lot of it internally. I mean, because just the, when a customer calls and says that they need, you know, get a, a permit, then we ask them what they're going to have. So we kind of we kind of push them towards, you know, if you're going to have dirt, concrete, rock, we try to get that separated out and make sure they understand that if they throw it in with the garbage, it's going to all go to garbage or, or they mix it all up. It can't be. It can't be separated. We try to get. We try to focus on them getting C and D, so we can take that to. Um, I think uh, Novato has a C and D facility, and Richmond both have a C and D facility, and then we can get them a certified tag. It costs a little bit more to do that, but um, you know we can get them a certified tag. So we tr we try to push when a customer calls in. That's what we do. Um, I think we're looking to track it more with the city now because of the, um, that's, that's a requirement. And then we're trying to get, you know, maybe like Green Halo is a software system that Ollie's been kind of looking at. So do you say it's a requirement that C&D waste gets recycled? I, I, we, we tell them that, you know, that's part of the project, you know, they, they, sure you can, you can take it, we'll take it to the landfill and a certain amount of that gets comp. Get, gets pulled out at the at the transfer station, but we want you to go to the C and D facility if you if you, if you're trying to get your permit and qualify qualify for everything you need to do for your permit, you need to take it directly to the C and D facility. We need to take it directly to the C and D without understanding. Is there is there anything to prohibit a contractor from hauling their own waste to landfill? No, no, there. I don't know. There's not. I think they can, but most cases they don't. But there, there, there is. There, I think one of the conditions is is uh, um, if 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 the homeowner or if the um, contractor is self hauling, they can they can do that. But then they have to have ver verifiable tags showing what they've done to clear their permit. So. So it it is part of the permitting process. Yes, it my is understanding is yes. It, it, it is part of the permitting part, the building permit, but staff hasn't been very good about keeping track of that, which is why a red flag came up saying we need to find an easier way of tracking it. Green Halo, somebody has experience with Green Halo. This is an easy process. It's really the contractor going into Green Halo and submitting their tags and kind of keeping the city out of it, but we can actually get reports. So that's in the works and in the contract and getting them started. Good to hear. Yeah. 
I know in San Francisco, there's a lot of uh, construction waste that gets self-hauled to down the peninsula to, I don't know, Half Moon Bay or somewhere there was a landfill that accepts anything. Probably, yeah. You're probably, you're probably right. Yep. We there, there are some self halls. That, you know, not not a whole lot, but there are some self halls. Then the, and then there, I think it is a kind of requirement to use a use base cities if, if for and it's it, it makes the permitting getting the permit easier. I think from that respect, but um, we try to keep up on our end, and then we try to retain the records. So, and that's I, I think that's helpful right now. Great. Thank you for that. Okay. Can we go eat dinner now? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting uh, off early Kimberly. this is early so i know i know i just uh, i didn't have a chance to get dinner uh, before <laughs> so any anyway um sorry. all right yeah everyone thank you it's uh 7 and uh we can adjourn the meeting the next meeting of our sustainability commission will be may 11th at 6 p.m and uh Really appreciate everyone's contributions, and a reminder that the subcommittees can progress and meet and make pro, you know, do do what they need to do as often as they want to, in between these uh, commission meetings. So, thank you, and this concludes the meeting. Hey, thanks, thank everyone. you all. Thanks, thank everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye